Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. To the Man in the Post pre-season review show. Joining me on this episode, we have Mike Duffy, who is a Watford fan. Thank you very much for joining me, Mike. How are we? I'm very, very well, thank you. Especially after the uh, first game of the season, a nice win against the strong Aston Villa side. So yeah, it's made it the return to the Premier League even better for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, full transparency. We're running late with the, the previews, so the first week has actually already happened. And yeah, Watford got a, a very good win. Uh, before we talk about the, the win in this season, well, obviously you were relegated the season before last. Um, you had a successful campaign in the Championship. Now that the dust's obviously settled, how obviously it was a good season, but how, how was last season for yourselves? Yeah, it was. Um, it was. <laughs> It wasn't your average promotion campaign. Obviously, without the fans being there, it, it makes things feel less like football, as I'm sure everyone's really experienced. But the we started off with Vladimir Ivic, and there was so much promise with Ivic that he was going to bring this, you know, expansive style of football, this attacking football. The defence was going to be solidified and. It just didn't live up to the expectations that we perhaps were, were sold on Ivic. Uh, and then we brought in another manager who, again, had come from the unknown. You know, he'd come over from the Georgian League. Um, he, he played briefly in, in the league. I think he played for Valencia for a couple of years as well. So whether people knew him from that as well, I don't know. But in terms of his managerial record, he managed in the Georgian league which no disrespect to the Georgian league but it's not quite the second tier of English football and it's not quite what you'd expect for a team hoping to push for promotion but he did exactly the opposite of what everyone thought you know he brought the togetherness back in the team um, he you know lifted the spirits in the camp you can tell he's such a energetic bubbly guy you know nice all the players respect him get on with him and we, we hear as well in from you know, interviews that they do within the club and on the social media that he, if he wants to, he, he can give give some players a, a bit of a rollicking as well. So he, he's got both sides to him. But um, yeah, after Cisco come in and we went on that, I can't remember how many games it was where we were unbeaten, but that's when it started to feel like we were going up. Earlier in the season under Rivic, uh, on, on my podcast that I do, me and my co-host, we, we didn't think we'd make playoffs. It was going that sort of sourly. So to to now, well, to then push on and and get the job done, it was a massive relief because there was some, um, there was almost some quite hairy moments, you know, where we were winning and then Brentford and um, Swansea were winning, and you just thought, oh, this is going to go down to the final day. And our last two games were Brentford and Swansea, so you know, it, um, we really didn't want it to go down to the last day, and, and thankfully, it never in the end. So. Yeah, roller coaster of uh, of emotions and uh, really weird, like, having to watch with no fans in the stadium as well. So, 
Yeah, no, 100%. And the, the no fans thing actually just made me think of something. Um, mm. Obviously, when you went down, were you automatically assuming that you would be favourites and expecting to come straight back up? I know you always hope you would, but what was the expectation, like, realistic expectation? Did you, did you think it was almost a guarantee sort of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, different fans will think different things. It's yeah. it's easy enough to to come down. We we spent five years in the Premier League, and you know we we got relegated, and you know all, all of a sudden you're obviously going to be Bucky's favourite. That that goes without saying. The three yeah. that come down will be favourite to go back up. But I think there was a certain expectation uh, for somewhat for the fans that we should be going straight back up. And if you looked at the squad that we had available to us, then on paper, and yes, we, we know that football isn't played on paper, but on paper, that team should have been getting promoted and probably should have even been winning the league. But um, for myself, I was, uh, I was a little bit on the other side. I was like... I think because we'd spent so long in the Premier League, I think some fans may have forgotten how tough the Championship can be. So I was a little bit worried that we were going to have to sort of consolidate, do a year in the Championship, and then it would be this season that we're currently starting would be the season that we'd we'd have to gear up to get promotion. But luckily, um, that that wasn't the case and we come straight back up. But certainly looking at the squad we had, you know, when the squad numbers were released... Uh, there was still a number of players on there that we knew were leaving, like the Corre, um, I think Delafeu still had the number as well. So we, we as Watford fans knew when those squad numbers were announced, we, we saw all the reaction from all the other fans saying this shouldn't be allowed in the uh, ch- championship because of the ridiculous squad. But even after those players we knew were leaving, we still had a ridiculous squad on paper. So yeah, yeah there, there, there was that air of expectations have come straight back up and we've since learned as well um, after it was the game where we won promotion against Millwall um, they on Watford TV they had the CEO of the club and he sort of outlines how imperative it was that we got promoted that season purely because of COVID-19 and how much money the club had lost and yeah. if we didn't go up this season just gone we would have really, really been really stuck right now. Like we would have been in a bad, bad way. So, thank God we did it. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason I asked was obviously there's not many times the three teams go down, obviously come back up. Although they're always favourites because mm. of the financial, obviously. But I do wonder if the the no fans in the stadium maybe helped the pressure on that for the three teams because obviously yeah. yourselves and Norwich came straight back up, and even Burnmouth were you know were not far away. Um, which is very unusual for the three teams to be there or thereabout. Yeah, absolutely. We, I, I think the thing with Norwich as well, they're, they're that team, aren't they? They're the, they're the team that they'll, they'll, yeah. they're not quite good enough for the Premier League, but they're too good for the Championship. Yeah. They're sort of in the middle there. So, um, where, whereas as ourselves, we, I like to think that we'd spent five years in the Premier League before we went down. And I like to think we were on our way to establishing ourselves as an established Premier League club. So I was a little bit disappointed, obviously, to go down. But I think that some pundits and uh, some fans perhaps sort of look past the fact that they were, we were in the Prem for that long and, you know, maybe give us a bit more respect because every pundit I've seen have said, yeah, Watford will go straight back down this season. And that's fair enough, you know. We, we've just come back up. We're going to be fighting against the bookies' odds and that. But I think people need to remember that we we did come. You know, we were in the Premier League for quite some time. But yeah, as you say, the, the three that went down last year, they were going to be the um, the obvious favourites to come back up. And uh, it, it, it wasn't to be for Bournemouth. But um, 
you, you could tell that we were the three that, that had gone down because when, when you watched any of the teams, um, they, we really, really did look sort of head and shoulders above most other teams, um, in that season. Yeah, but as you, yeah, definitely, bar, bar in Brentford and, and for a little spell, Swansea went on, yeah, the three as well, head and shoulders. Uh, we move on to the summer then. Um, and obviously it didn't pay too much close attention. You said, obviously, you lost a lot of players last year. What about for this summer? Have you made many changes coming into the, the new Premier League season? Yeah, there's a couple of signings which have been made in terms of, um, you know, for the under-23s. And then there's, there's a couple we brought in for the first team who, uh, well, I say haven't they haven't made an appearance yet, but... Um, whether that changes in the season, I don't know. So I think off the top of my head, it's 10 or 12 additions that we've brought in. But right. the main ones is um, Emmanuel Dennis, who, who scored yesterday. He um, he opened the scoring for us. We signed him from Club Bruges. Now, a bit of a mixed bag with that one because at Club Bruges, he... he um, he was known for he was he was known for two things. He was known for scoring a brace at the Bernabeu in the Champions League for Club Bruges. So that already sort of thinks, oh, okay, this player's got some then. But then he's also known for not boarding the coach, team coach to a, a game because he was told he couldn't sit in a specific seat on the coach. So there's that attitude side as well. So we we are a little bit sort of. There's obviously a player in there somewhere. It's just getting it out of him, and hopefully, yesterday with him scoring is a sign of us getting it out of him. Um, another player as well, which <laughs> again had maybe a few attitude problems hanging over his head, uh, certainly from his last club, Stoke. We brought in a uh, Pete Retabo on loan. He um, he's been at Stoke for a couple of years, and he was on loan at Galatasaray last year, and um, he's been brought in as a. a in, in the centre of the park because of the uncertainty at the moment with Will Hughes and Nathaniel Chalaba surrounding their contracts. Um, but from from what I've heard in pre-season, um, he, he looks very cool and calm and he, uh, he he looks to be a good player as well, uh, which is something we need. We need a cool, calm sort of midfield player that will connect the defence to the attack and you know do do all of that stuff. So. We, we've really needed one of them since sort of Etienne Capoue left because he was he was a perfect midfield general for us. Uh, and then we've we've signed um, another lad, Kucha, I think they call him. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. We signed him from Parma, and this was the most recent signing actually. And there was a lot of um, there was a lot of disgruntled Watford fans because he's 34 years old, so he's not getting any younger. He's never played in in England before, but. Um, I, again, I, I said on my podcast, I thought this is a very, very astute signing. This is very clever by our owners. Um, you know, he's he's played, um, I think it's 80 games for Slovakia or Slovenia. I always get the two countries mixed up. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's he's played played a, a handful of games for his international side, and you know, a load of teams that he's played for before. The fans of their team say he's a real workhorse and everything. So, and then yesterday. Um, that was probably one of the best debuts um, that Watford fans have seen from a Watford player since uh, since the promotion season when we had a chap called Juan Carlos Paredes. But he um, he looks to be again a real tough tackling centre mid, which is you need one of them in the Premier League. You can Definitely. have all the silky passing of the ball and all this, but you need a, a hard man in there. You, you need a, a bit bit of a loose loose cannon, and uh, I think we haven't had a signing like that. Since probably the first season we, and 
the first season we went up to the Premier League in 15-16 when we saw Valon Barami. Um, he was another sort of similar player. So hopefully that performance yesterday is just a sign of things to come. So, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward. And then with um, the, the last two ones that really stick out for me, uh, Danny Rose on a free. That one sort of goes without saying. To get a player of his standards on a free, uh, I think he's great business by the club. He's been on loan with us before as well, so he knows the club. He knows what the club are about and all that. Um, the only thing that he's maybe working against him is his fitness. We know he's had a few mental health difficulties and you know that will contribute to his, his, his weight, which he does unfortunately look like he's put on a bit of timber. Um, but if we can get that player out of him, then we're in for one hell of a player and I think he's going to be key, key player this season. Although, you know, like yesterday, he didn't actually play yesterday. So I don't know whether that's because he's, he's still trying to get fully match fit or what. But I think if we can get, a, the, we can get the Danny Rose that we, we know can be there, then uh, we, we've got a player on our hands. And then um, the last notable one is another free. And again, I think it's another great bit of business. And I don't know why none of the other promoted clubs looked at getting him, but it's Josh King from Everton. Um, you know, people will probably remember him at Bournemouth. And I think the year that Bournemouth got promoted with us, he scored 16 goals to help them keep in the Premier League. And, you know, again, I don't, don't want to sound like a broken record, but if you can get that Josh King out of him, um, then... You know, if if he was to score 16 goals in one season, that's that's half the job of staying up, really. So I'm really, really excited to see when all of these players are put into the team and, and how they're going to play this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm massively, massively looking forward to it. And I think the um, the the transfers that have been made have been it's been done early enough in the the window, and I, I think they've been very uh, cleverly thought out. So I'm very happy with the. Um, the transfers coming into Vicarage Road this season so far. Yeah, it seems like very clever business. As you say, like players like Rose and uh, King who have got that Premier League experience. Um, you mentioned the is it Cucci, you pronounce yeah. it. Um, obviously had a great debut yesterday, and obviously that older one, as you say, different mentality to like the young player players as well. So yeah, they'll, they'll take you a long way. Obviously, that's a lot of players. Do you envision any more coming in or any big outgoings before the window? Um, yeah. I, so, at the moment, there is an ongoing saga with Will Hughes. He's rejected a new five-year deal with a significant pay increase. Um, and it, I think the, the reason is because of something to do with his contracts that he's being offered. Now, putting two and two together from what we heard from the CEO on another Watford podcast um, towards the end of last season, it sounds like the sticking point is a 50% pay cut if we were to get relegated. Um, They made the mistake, Watford, of last time of not having any sort of uh, clauses like that, like 50% pay cuts if we were to get relegated. So we had Andre Gray on roughly about 70 grand a week in the championship and Troy Deeney's on uh, more than that as well. So that really hit the club hard. So they're obviously being a little bit more um, sort of wise with it this time round and saying, right, we'll offer contracts, but we need to put this relegation clause in because we don't want to get stung last time. So um, it is a little bit disappointing because Will Hughes, when he was fit and when he played last season, um, was 
absolutely superb and key to to our promotion push. So it looks as if it's Crystal Palace is he's, uh, that he's going to be going to, uh, which as Watford fans would be absolutely gutted if that was the case because um, let's just say that Watford and Palace don't exactly get on. So yeah, I'd be gutted to lose him, uh, but I think the club so far have, have recruited um, to, to sort of deal with the the loss of Will Hughes. Uh, or the absence of Will Hughes, I should say. So, um, I, I perhaps expect one more to come in. They were talking about getting another midfielder in that's got Premier League experience because it's all good having Kutcher who's come over from uh, Palmer and, you know, we've got Premier League experience in those midfield ranks, but we really could do with another maybe, um, another experienced head that's that's had experience in this league so it'll be interesting to see who that is uh, some reports are saying that could be Fabian Delph some were saying it could have been Lamina but I think he's moved to Monaco uh, or he's, he's moved somewhere um, so it's going to be interesting to see who that player is that, that we, we're looking at getting and who's on the shortlist uh, and then the other midfielder that <laughs> up until yesterday he, he put a tweet out which was in Interesting. Nathaniel Chalaber, again, um, first part of the season last year was horrendous. Uh, nobody wanted him on the team sheet. And then the second part of the season, nobody wanted him off the team sheet. He was just incredible. He had a, a turn of fortune and a, a turn of, of form. So we were really, really buzzing about that. And he's another one where he's not rejected a new contract as such. He, he's just... he's sort of reviewing his options but he put a tweet out yesterday just to say that his brother um, Trevor scored his first goal for Chelsea and his first start for Chelsea the senior team so he put a tweet out about that and then he said because he was ruled out of our game against Aston Villa yesterday Chalaba was mm. and he was he was put down as having an illness in inverted commas because that's what they say when players are you know not sort of playing ball if you like so Chalaba then tweeted after the game saying you know it was brilliant to see my brother score um, my team won their first game of the season uh, time to shake this illness off I think so whether that was a cryptic tweet of right sod the rest of the options I might have I'm signing a dotted line with Watford and extending my contract so that's that's one to keep an eye on for Watford fans but other than that I don't expect anyone else to come in Defence, I don't expect anyone to come in. Forward line, I don't expect anyone to come in. Maybe see Andre Gray going out. The only problem with that is his wages are very, very high. So I can't see a championship side forking out for him. He's in the last year of his contract as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough to get him off the books. But other than that, transfer-wise, I, I think he's pretty much all, all done and dusted. Yeah, busy window anyway, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, the, the good good that it started well, as you say, you can start settling now. Um, on to the season ahead, then. I mean, this will be a wee bit a wee bit more relaxing to predict than than I've had asked you a week ago. Um, I assume your your overending goal, obviously, this season is just basically anything but staying up is the is the is the ultimate goal. But what's your prediction for your for your league finish? What's your what's your number well, in your head? I've I've uh, I've gone. Th- but it, well, I've come 14th, 15th this season. Yep. I, I think you're absolutely spot on with what you say there. If you ask any Watford fan where they want to finish, every Watford fan would. If you offered us 17th place and staying up one goal difference, we'd snap your hand off. It's, yeah, absolutely. It, I know it's boring and you know teams want to be ambitious, but when you're coming back up, yes, we've had 
you know, that previous experience of being in the Premier League. But when you come back up, any team, their goal is to stay up. Like, yeah. That is a be all and end all. So, yeah, um, I would take 17th and I'd take it, take it by scraping it. But I think, I think 14th, 15th this season, I, I think we're going to, we're going to do better than most teams think and most people think. And I think, that win yesterday against Aston Villa's play, I know it was the first game of the season and, you know, weird things can happen in the first game of the season, but I think that will, will sort of put out a bit of a warning to the other teams that we, we're not just here to make up the numbers. We, we, we're back in the Premier League and we're going to make every, every minute of it count. Yeah, I don't think many folk would have predicted the score outside Watford fans, um, especially against Aston Villa, who I think we both agreed had done some really good business and, we're looking good. Um, lastly, for yourself, then I need three players from yourself, Mike. I need a player who you reckon will be your player of the season, a player that maybe somebody doesn't quite know about and do, worth keeping an eye on, and a fantasy football prospect. Again, I think the fantasy football one might be a, a given now after yesterday's performance. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, to to start with, our player of the season. I'm, I'm going to be quite boring here well there's there's two really the, the obvious one is Ishmael Assar because you know as generic an answer as it might be I think people saw yesterday what he's about and they saw last season what he's about as well and then the brief uh, sort of introduction that we saw of him in the 1920 season the year we went down but the guy is just uh, electric pace and I think I, I didn't go to the game yesterday, but um, I, a, a few people were even suggesting that he'd he'd put on a bit of muscle as well now. So not only is he sort of lightning quick, he's he's got a bit about him as well in terms of uh, physicality. So a physically stronger Ishmael Asar and, and Asar that's just as fast. He's going to cause a lot of grief for a lot of fullbacks this season. Uh, Matty Sargit got dragged at half time for Villa yesterday. Because he, yeah. he was absolutely, he, he was run ragged by Ishmael Asar. Um, the other one that I'd, I'd sort of, it's between the two, it's Chucho Hernandez. Um, we, we signed him back in 2017 um, as part of the um, sort of the ownership. We're owned by the Pozzos who own Udinese and they own Watford. Back then they also owned Granada in Spain. And I think Chucho was bought by Granada and then he was, sent to Watford permanently but we've never seen him play up until this season he's been out on loan every season from 2017 oh. and like he's been hyped up massively he's still only 22 as well and he's been hyped up massively and he's we we thought you know we can't wait to see him you think the next season you know, oh, will we see him will we see him no he's been sent on loan again last season we think oh could this be the season no he's been sent on loan again and then this season finally see him he comes on a minute later he scores his opening goal for for Watford curls it into the corner and it was absolutely brilliant finish if if anyone's seen it and um he's he's going to be really really exciting this season so yeah it's uh, I I know that that probably defeats the object of the question you're asking me but he's really neck and neck between Ishmael Asar and, uh, and Chucho Hernandez um, in terms of getting player of the season, because I think they're going to, th- those two are going to cause some real problems for teams this season. Yeah, I mean, you could you could probably merge that into the the, the one to look out for then, yeah. Hernandez, because as you say, if, if Watford fans haven't seen him, you know, anyone who who isn't a Watford fan probably hasn't hasn't even heard of him really. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, you know, the 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 other one, I, I, the, there is another one for sort of unknown of the season, maybe. 
maybe not so much now because of last season. If fans followed the the championship and followed, you know, um, the, the the teams last season as well. Uh, there's a centre back called Francisco Sierra who we we picked up from um, one of the South American leagues and. He um, he was brought into the side because of injuries. Now, last season, he started in one of the Carabao Cup games. I think he played both, actually, and he was awful. And we thought, God, look, let's hope this guy just, you know, never plays for us again. And uh, we, we were dreading the, the, the day that we saw that he made the bench because of injuries. And then he come into Cisco Munoz's first game last season against Norwich, and we was like, oh, my God. Like this guy is playing against top of the league. Norwich are going to absolutely walk all over us. It was the opposite. He, he was incredible, and then he he made that spot his own. And like I say, he only got in because of injuries. So if it wasn't for that, he probably still would have been sort of. He probably would have been shipped out now. But um, yeah, he he played every game there from um from then on into the end of the season, bar one or two maybe. Uh, but yeah, he he's just. An old-fashioned centre-back, again, a young lad. I think he's only early 20s, but his physicality, you know, aerial tools, everything you could possibly want in a defender and more. And I'm really looking forward. He didn't play yesterday, and I think that's because he um, he's part. He was part of the Chile squad for the Copa America, so yeah. I think they're resting him a little bit. But um, I'm really looking forward to see him do his stuff in the Premier League as well because if he can then there'll be some you know bigger teams eyeing him up for sure 100% yeah definitely being so young um, and lastly then just your fantasy football prospect would that be would that go to the Emmanuel Dennis the striker do you think I think so if, if he's got and to be honest I must say as well I was surprised to see him start yesterday uh, you know I won't go into it purely because of the it's he's sort of opening a can of worms with Watford fans about this subject but I, I really expected Troy Deeney to start yesterday purely because it was against Aston Villa and he's got six goals in four against Villa he's obviously a Birmingham City fan so he always roils himself up massively no matter what sort of form he might have been in. He might have had five games in a row at absolute stinkers. He'll play Villa and he'll just come alive. So yeah. I was really expecting him because he's been saying how fit he's been feeling. It's best he's felt in years and all this. I thought, right, he's definitely, he's nailed on to start. But no, it was Emmanuel Dennis that did. And um, if he if he continues to be the number nine for this season, I think Emmanuel Dennis is going to get loads and loads of goals. Uh, well, loads and loads of points for uh, for players of the uh, the fantasy Premier League. So yeah, I, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Dennis for that. Yeah, it'll be a nice cheap option for for people as well, even if yes. the third attacker. Perfect. Well, that brings us to the end, Mike. Um, if you just want to let everybody know where they can find you and and promote the podcast as well. Yeah, so um, I host a podcast called Voices of the Vic. Uh, we're on all social media outlets, so Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply just search Voices of the Vic and you'll find us. Drop us a follow, drop us a like, whatever you want to do. Uh, we're also on YouTube as well. Again, just type in Voices of the Vic. We, uh, we, we put our podcasts uh, on YouTube and then we're on all sort of podcasting platforms, your Spotify, your Apple podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, we're on there as well. So, uh, yeah, check us out. Give us a follow. Let us know what you think. And, uh, yeah, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much again. I know it was short notice, so thank you very much for, for joining me at such late notice. No problem at all. Well, thank you very much for having me. 
No, definitely. And you can find us at Man in the Post on all your social media platforms, as as Mike says for Voices of the Vic. Same with the podcast. Just search in Man in the Post on all your anywhere you can find the podcast. You can find us. Five star rating, reviews, subscribers, they all help. Interact with us on social media. Um, as I say, at Man in the Post. Um, again, Mike, thank you very much for joining. Thanks to you for listening at home. And always remember, keep your man in the post.